I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi. The boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Knuckle. Lots of knuckle. No one wants a knuckle. Oh. Yeah. That's what you asked me your knuckle is. I didn't ask what a knuckle was. I said no one wants a knuckle. Oh, <laughs> knuckles <laughs> shouldn't be think for yourself, be man. part of the yeah. sexual. Sometimes sexual a nice, window. a nice arthritic swollen knuckle can be nice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, you can maybe keep that one in. <laughs> yeah, you could. That's how we start. Well, hopefully, it's in for a good length of time. <laughs> yes, because we're playing this just in. Is this Justin? Is Footy Prime the podcast? And Craig Forrest is here. Hey, Craig. Hey. Amy Walsh is here. Hey, Amy. <laughs> hey, Sharms. Dan Wong's here. Hey, Dan. Hi, Sharms. And Jeff Gold's oh. here. Hey, JC. None of your business. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you too. <laughs> I'm James Sharman. There's no Jimmy Brennan today. Although he might show up, but it's unlikely to say the least. Uh, but lots to get to. It's the Christmas season. Even Chris Kringle, even our own dubs here is, uh, has titled herself Chris Kringle. She's in the mood. It's suddenly hit you, hasn't it? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily because I'm in the mood. It's just more like a, a panic state realizing that Christmas is a week away. <laughs> I know. Have you finished everything? Is everything organized? No, 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 I've not. And like my kids are at an age now, or the twins at least at nine, where you're not really buying them toys. You know, like it's it's mm. other stuff. And if they do want something, it's very specific. I don't know. And it's fucking pouring rain here today. So not really Christmas spirity. But um, yeah. Are you feeling better? You I am. You have a bit of a cold. Good. Yeah. Good. You look better. Oh, thank you. Wow. Much, much better. You <laughs> yeah. looked terrible last week. Thanks, asshole. Yeah, it's a great sweater. <laughs> it's, it's a great sweater. Oh, nice turtleneck. Thanks, Morris. 
my kids, uh, she's 13, right? So she's all into Sephora now. It's this freaking oh my bad. <laughs> so nuts. are my nieces. Yeah. They're right around yeah. that age too. It's so expensive as well. You just give them a gift card and let them walk. Oh, but that store, though, because I need to go in there occasionally for very specific stuff. I don't like to go in and browse. And it's just a headache, like the smells. I don't do well with smells. Like ever since um, I was pregnant, like I've got like a hypersensitivity to smells. It drives JP fucking crazy because I'll just go and he's like, stop it. Because like I'll, I'll smell something and he can't. And then we just get into a thing. But anyway, so but Sephora is the worst because of all the perfumes and the samples and everything seems to have. JP's like, honey, odor. stop. Stop telling people I've shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like it's like very subtle things. And it really gets on his nerves. It's That's subtle so with JP. He called me. Huh? He called me. He has issues. <laughs> Isn't that weird, though? Since pregnancy, that has manifested itself in a weird way. Like, yeah, and it didn't go away, though, is the thing. Like, it was heightened during pregnancy, and then it, it seemed to stay. I call it my superpower, but JP mm. finds it fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, it sounds annoying. Yeah. I imagine the locker rooms must be awful for you. Yes, or just, like, the odor of the of the hockey gloves and the hockey bags and all the equipment. Yeah. Like it's, And the husband, yeah. apparently, as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't implying that JP smells. I'm just saying, like, if I'm in the kitchen, somebody opens the fridge, and I'm like... Like, what is that? Or like, we're out. My sisters are the same. But like, my sister Sarah has that thing. Like, she'll be on the train going to work. And somebody will be like eating a bag of chips. And it's her worst nightmare. You know what the I mean? Smell, or someone eating an or apple. The sound. Oh, the sound? It, it's, the, it's more the sound. Mm. There's a name for that, right? Before. Yeah, we yeah. have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lila yeah. has that. She hates yeah. it. She hates it, too. Yeah, and also me eating popcorn. Like I'm, I feel like I generally have have pretty good manners when I'm eating, but she's like, "Amy, fucking stop!" <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the season to be angry and hate your family, isn't it? Yeah, all the little things piss you off. Oh my god, we're spending so much time together. I hate you all. Anyway, oh, one last thing on the on the Christmas thing, my twins still believe in Santa, which is which is great. I'm encouraging it. Like you know you. That that innocence and and that sort of sweet time they have the rest of their lives to not believe in that shit. You know what I mean? Could be the last but there, year too, there right? are lots of questions this year. Mama, what do you think? Do you think Santa's real? And so mm. I always put it back to them, but they're seeing through that now. And so like, no, what do you think? And they really nail me down. And I was like, well, I believe in you know the magic of Christmas and and holiday spirit and being with people that you love. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we we do too, yeah. And then and so they wrote the they wrote the letters to Santa. And so this might be the last year though. So yeah. I, well, you, you can explain on to it myself. You can explain to them it's the thirty two year old Christ that comes into the chimney, not creepily at all that it no. was born. It's his birthday. And who was drunk off in, the sacramental line? December twenty fifth was it? He was born apparently in February or something. Yeah. That's Those right. that believe in such things. Yeah, it's Actually, made Jesus up, Christ. right? It's made yeah. up. But we should have a disclaimer at the front of this episode because if someone's picking <laughs> up their kids <laughs> after we work. Do. Yes. Okay, good. Little Spoiler. Jimmy and Teresa. Spoiler. What do you mean? Yeah. Quite honestly, if you kids. do you listen to this podcast with your children, no. you're a terrible parent. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Awful. But yeah, yeah have, the magic dies at around, I think Joe was about nine or ten when she... Mm figured it out i think she's figured it out already but like you said they start probing and asking questions yeah and then it just that's the end they're of just it. afraid they're not gonna get business anymore 
Yeah, it could be that too. I know my oldest though had a big issue and I've heard it now from my nieces and nephews with like the idea of somebody coming into your house was fucking creepy yeah, and off-putting. It's creepy. And yeah. then so I don't know if like they clung to it not as long because of that. They're just like, don't like that. <laughs> I used to be terrified of the tooth fairy as a kid and uh, um, I'd have to put my tooth under my parents' pillow because the thought <sighs> of a freaking fairy coming into my room at night just scared the shit out actually now you mentioned it santa claus too my stocking would be in my parents room as a kid because i was terrified about this this strange man coming into my bedroom yeah we don't do well my my the tooth fairy like they would write oh. notes when they would lose teeth but they didn't like the idea of it <laughs> apologizing i'm so sorry mom please don't punch me again <laughs> <laughs> but when you put your sorry Mara. sorry no but birth order means a lot right like mm. By the time I had nothing to believe in because my brothers ruined it <laughs> by the time I was five, right? Like the nine-year-old's telling the five-year-old. So I was like, so, hey, uh, there's no tooth fairy. There's no Santa Claus. Um, world peace is a myth. Uh, meritocracy. <laughs> I mean, a different thing. Meritocracy is bullshit. It's all who you know and who can do things for you. It's and a racist state. It's a, it's a racist state. And by, look, by seven. I knew it all. So I haven't learned much since seven. That's Not much has changed. Not much has changed. So exactly. J JC looks absolutely broken right now, as if he's learned some horrible truths. Oh, oh God, we he, didn't think about that. Listen, the whole thing was, I mean, <laughs> Christmas was a special time for me because I, I thought a man's coming into my home. See, I grew up without a dad. <laughs> so I used to think maybe Santa will stay and marry mom. <laughs> but he never did. He always left stuff. And then my mom was always seemed very out of breath oh, in the morning. Because no. he's been working all night. So I just assumed. It's an honest living. Will from home. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I know you listen. No, just to be clear, my uh, mother was not a prostitute. Just to be clear. Okay. Oh, jeez. Right. Patty. Hey, Patty. Just yeah. so so we're clear, Charms cleared that up for everybody. <laughs> just you were sure not a prostitute. JC really likes that I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, like all the creepy Christmas songs. You're like, yes. Seriously, though. No, that was the thing. It's like, wow, like how cool would it be if Santa was your dad? <laughs> like once you're a teenager, it's like, yo, dad, I'm taking the uh, taking the sleigh out. It's like, well, you didn't do your chores. Like, you're not my real dad. <laughs> and then I, you know, just jump on a reindeer and does he, ride does off. Does he wear the suit year round? Uh, well, I wouldn't know because he never stuck around. Right. I'm used to that a by now. Hypothetical so. Santa as the dad. Speaking yeah. of big bustling sacks, one has got one. It's full, <laughs> it's, it's full of uh, your comments and questions, isn't it? Um, it is a football podcast after all, so we'll move on now. Uh, mm -hmm. It's Christmas season. That's kind of what, when I mentioned it's Christmas. That's I was going towards the Christmas. Football season, and then Dubs took it I'm to sorry. control the conversation. But it was good conversation. Um, <laughs> you did very well, very well. Um, but yeah, it kind of kicks off this week, right? Because there's games, there's League Cup games all week, and then there's a Premier League game on Thursday and Friday. Craig, this time of year, I mean, you've talked about it before how it was demanding. But if I remember, you seem to enjoy the Christmas season in English football, right? No, no, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> God, <laughs> it was busy. It was busy, busy, and lots of pressure. I, I wish I did a Raul, Raul Jimenez and 
for Kung oh my Fu God. Charlie and then get myself off the, uh, give myself a Christmas break. I wonder if he goes back to Mexico. Yeah, I wonder. There's no chance he's allowed to do that. It's funny, right? All those suspicious cards get picked up this time of year, right, Craig? It's like, uh, yeah, especially the ones just before Christmas, right? You've, I think, wasn't it Deech? Didn't he do it once? Was it Deech? Or was it Jimmy? They picked up a yellow just before Christmas, so they'd have a Christmas off. Or were they just talking about a teammate? I forget now. But it happened, right? It was quite a, a common thing, was it not? Sounds like Deech. Yeah, it does sound like Deech. Not, not what common, you, uh, but not uncommon. What are you pointing out there, JC? You're pointing out Craig. JC and I are doing things. You guys. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. As in <laughs> internet issues and when to edit? Those no. types of things? No. There we were we were talking about actually it doesn't have to be a surprise. I don't have to be all undercover here. One of our questions was uh from CDG at Go RPS Goalkeeper. Uh do you primers have a favorite picture of yourselves playing days? Oh, right. So Amy threw one up and I was just saying to JC, if you could bring it up while we talk about it, mm. and then we can actually show it as the promo. So we're knocking off the promo, a Wonger's mail sack bit, and giving us some content all at the same time. But you had to like get all nosy and talk about pointing and Sorry. knuckles and sexy knuckles <laughs> being in pies. Back to the knuckles, eh? Back to the knuckles. <laughs> but there was a good question, though. And so your picture was uh, Dubs being hoisted aloft. Who was lifting you up? Tank, Melissa Tank. It was Tank, right? Yeah, I thought so. Mm -hmm. And so that was well, one of your two goals? But no, I didn't even score. That was Tank's oh. diving header against Sweden at the Olympics in 2008. But it was my assist. So you were being lifted. Work on you. <laughs> yeah. A lot. You what did you say you... for us? <laughs> she needed she a chiropractor? A chiro yeah, she's, doing a, she's a chiropractor. I thought she was doing a little work. <laughs> Forrest implying I'm fat and heavy. Thanks, Forrest. <laughs> I don't think he was. No, no, you just need a little adjustment on your spine. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Doesn't be nasty at all. That was quite funny, actually. <laughs> but so you were kind of big time trolling it. You were expecting the big celebration, um, even though Tank had scored the goal. Because usually the goal score is lifted above everyone. This is true, but I swung the ball in with my right foot from the left channel, got it in behind the Outside that boot. back line. No, oh, no, you cut please. back. <laughs> no, I cut it. I cut it back and swung it in okay. with my right foot, and then she got diving header. It was a, it was a beautiful goal, um, but I mean credit to Tank. It, it was a good ball, but it was an even better finish. But I was I was more my level of excitement was higher than hers. I think hence her hoisting me. <laughs> I don't want to be sexist here, right? But I just. As women are, <laughs> do you love that picture? Because you look great in that picture. Like you, you strike a good pose. Yeah. Because it's a great moment. However, had you looked like shit, it wouldn't have been your favorite picture, would it? No, you're completely right. But I mean, given the type of, <laughs> given the type of, but it was also the moment, and it's to me like it sort of symbolized. Those were my only minutes at the at that world at that Olympics. Excuse me. So it was that as well, like that second half against uh, against Sweden. So it was sort of, I don't know, it was like the the culmination of all the hard work and, and it to me signifies like being an Olympian and, and that moment. But you're 100% right. I do, I do look great. And that's part of the reason why I love that picture. Because <laughs> like the, being the player that I was, 
like I would say 90% of pictures of me on the internet from my playing days and there's less of me because of the era I played in are horrific photos of my pl- my face contorted um, up for uh, an aerial duel, you know, or I'm getting like elbowed by somebody. So they're they're pretty horrific photos. So this is in stark contrast to that. You're like Phil Jonesing it. Just the most horrendous pictures of your your face all contorted. Yeah, yeah or it's in like a that. slide tackle, you know, getting stuck in. So your face is it's, it's like a grimace, you know. It's really effortful. There's no smile. It's so rare to get a great picture, isn't it? It really is. I mean, sometimes you see a great picture of someone and like, oh, that, you look amazing. Yeah, and they, they use it as their Facebook profile or their Twitter. It turns out it's from their father's funeral or something. A horrible day. <laughs> it's depressing as hell, but they look great. So the fuck, they're going to use that picture wherever they possibly can. Craig, what was your favorite photograph? Is the one that stands out to you? I think there's one in the Gold Cup when we're all piled on top of each other that uh, that I really like. Just more the moment, and it is a fun picture. You know, it's just like Amy's picture, right? It's got some, it's got some character to it. There, there we go. There's who is that? Oh, that's uh, trying to see who that other who is that jumping on me there. I don't know, but he's got good sideburns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. envious of those sideburns. <laughs> Very 1990s picture there. It was a picture of a Craig uh, colliding with some, looks like a fallback, and uh, his face is contorted. That is a good picture, yeah. But you're right, it's memories, right? And I think I know the one you're talking about, Craig, that Gold Cup one. It's after you just won it, right? And you're just in that disbelief, this pile mm-hmm. of Canadian football players. It's brilliant. Yeah. I also like the ones of Forrest, like early days where um, the shorts are really short. And we often yeah. talk about how long your torso is, but you had some, you had some good pins too. It looked a little longer with short shorts. There you go. That's the way you wore the short shorts. Very late in his career, far later than most players. Drawing yes. the eye up. Luckily, it was drafty. No, there's, some, there's some great <laughs> photos of Craig like screaming. Oh, there's a couple of those because uh, he used to have Getty. He used to get access to Getty pictures. And uh, doing pieces on Craig and that, and you just pump pump up Craig Forrest like great pictures, like just looking furious and angry. <laughs> so unlike Craigers, <laughs> he's but, such uh, a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, eh? Yeah, like, he really is. And he says, "Oh, I was laid back on the on the pitch." The every picture, he's disgruntled and yelling and angry, and I'm like, "That's fantastic!" Because I've seen him. I've I've told the story where I've seen him a little, you know, disgruntled and angry. But it's usually uncomfortable. Craig is usually that uncomfortable guy. Like in a in in a car when JC we were driving back from one soccer. Yeah, there he is. Oh, look at those short shorts. Woo! Look at yeah, those short shorts. So you were you were circumcised in '67, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> They're tight. They're not that tight. <laughs> Good quads, though. Those quads, man. They were pop- great helmet on Forrest in that picture. Great helmet. I mean- yeah, well done. Well done. Not a not a Trump mushroom cap. <laughs> There's no wizard nor sleeve in that picture. <laughs> Just a magical goalkeeper. That's all he was. With magical legs. I wish yeah, I wasn't good. circumcised. Could have used the extra skin. You <laughs> know. I'm two and a half inches, more than two. <laughs> um, okay, back to the football uh, from this weekend. Let's get back to it. Hadn't started yet, have we? But some nope. uh, intriguing matches. We'll get to the Champions League draw <laughs> in, in a little bit. Lots to get to, but uh, Liverpool nil, Man United nil. Crappy game, really. Neither team yeah. played well. 
let's be honest. Um, Liverpool, I think, was it 34 shots in that one? <laughs> but they couldn't breach Nana's yeah. goal in that one, Craig. Um, I don't know. What do you make of this one? It's obviously, drop points for Liverpool in a match that many had them, them winning. But I guess you give United some credit for coming away from Anfield, points shared. Well, they'll be happy for sure, United. But, uh, I mean, Liverpool came out of the gates. They were just flying. I think they had like nine corners in the first 15 minutes or something. It was crazy. But just, yeah, they couldn't uh, couldn't couldn't find the back of the net on the day. Um, difficult one for them. It was built up. The match, obviously, the two teams, the history, all that. Uh, and Anfield, large crowd. They've opened up that new stand. I think there was like nearly 50,000 there. I think it's the largest crowd for decades and decades because of the before when standing was available, but uh, I'm glad they stayed at Anfield in that, that particular location and what a fantastic theater that is to play at at any, any time. And it was interesting listening to Neville talk about going to Liverpool before the, you know, before the game and, and what it was like for Manchester United, but they always fancied their chances. But when you had a Manchester United side, they, they had back in the day, you'd always fancy your chances, but it was a little bit more serious going to Anfield, playing in those types of grounds and everybody's gunning for you too, right? It's a, it's a difficult place because you, as a home team, you're, you're expected to win. You're expected to perform and entertain. And as the away side, you're really pumped up for it because it's a, uh, it's just a big match. It's one of those special moments playing at Anfield. Yeah, it still is, right, Dub? It's still a huge game. It perhaps doesn't mean quite what it what it did, but that could turn around quickly. Um, I, I like Van Dyke's post-game comments, just trying to get a little dig in at United, mm-hmm. saying um, only one team was it. trying to play football and United were buzzing with the point. It's true, though, given the type of form that, that they're in. Um, I think you have to see that as um, a, a, a victory almost for, for United. But I think Klopp even alluded to it, you know, saying that, um, you know, sure, they were at Anfield and that's the first time they've dropped points at home this season um, for Liverpool. But they they was largely seen as a disappointment from their standpoint, you know, and then next weekend's matchup against Arsenal, that will be, you know, where everything's on the line for the top of the table. But I mean, certainly they I don't know if, you know, their 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 last gasp efforts this season, you know, like the. Um, the way that they've been able to pull three points out of nothing seemingly at the at the very end of games over and over this season has sort of covered blemishes and covered, um, you know, their inability to finish other than, say, Salah. So now you look at a guy like uh, Nunez who hasn't scored in his last 10 appearances in all competitions, hasn't scored in the Prem since October. Um, Diaz, his last goal was in the Europa League. Um, so, so much potential, I think, with Diaz kind of coming in off that left wing. But then that last decision, you know, that last effort, the final touch, the final pass, just seems to to lack something for for those guys. I think they're really feeling injuries as well. Like a guy like like Jota, uh, Jota has been out, been out um, and Gakpo hasn't offered a tremendous amount. But I think what you really saw with Liverpool was, you know, a little bit of panic, lack of composure, really lacking that clinical edge in the final third. I think for a guy like Nunez, who really thrives on getting in behind, running onto balls, the fact that United did such a great job, like they were a real cohesive defensive structure, and that frustrated Liverpool. And I don't think that they dealt with it very, very well. So I think um, they'll need to to, to step it up in, in terms of, of their finishing um, uh, next weekend against Arsenal, for sure. Yeah, that's right. Big game next week. Um, they're playing West Ham too in the League Cup this week as well. 
But Nunez, I mean, at some point, Craig, you can you can love a player and appreciate the work ethic and what he brings and the, the charisma to the pitch. You get all that. But at some point, he's got to start scoring goals. I, I do wonder when patience begins to run thin with the Anfield faithful around Nunez. Because right now, they love the guy. They think he's brilliant, mm-hmm. right? He does work hard. But man, the opportunities he has, you know, you ha- like Dub mm-hmm. says there, they have to get more clinical. Yeah, I mean they're they're put under pressure of strikers. It's a difficult position, but if you know your job is to inevitably put balls in the back of the net, and and that's what he's going to have to start doing and taking those chances. But if they don't, if they get results on a regular basis, that pressure will, will be okay. Um, but it'll be instances like we saw on the weekend when they end up scoring, they don't score with all those opportunities that will start bringing up the conversation about lack of goals that he brings. Uh, that's why they spend so much money on strikers, and that's to finish those opportunities. Salah had a, a few chances. He had three or four it shots, but either. didn't really trouble Onana too much either. Mm-hmm. No, Gakpo had a good that. one too. Was that that save that Onana oh. made off the line yeah. that was at that header? And then Kamadi actually had yeah. that fabulous mm. turn. Where did that it come from? nice, didn't it? I know, it was yeah, great. But great the keeper, though, mind you. Um, but Gakpo, I tell you that, I mean, watching him play, he can be great one week. And then like yesterday, he just, he gets that in his head. I'm just going to shoot. I'm just going to shoot. And, and there's way better options for him out wide. And he, and he just hits it straight into defenders over and over again. It drives me up the freaking wall. Yeah. It just but seems he, like he forces the issue. Yeah. You know, he comes in as a substitute. And he's, he's trying to really impose himself and really change the game, but, but too much, you know, everything looked effortful from, from Liverpool in the, in the final third. It was highly individual, lock, lots of wasted efforts and, and lots of efforts from distance where they didn't really test Onana. Um, but you have to give credit to United, which I, I mentioned a little bit, but also credit to Onana. I think he had the most passes of, of a United player, which I think is problematic in itself. <laughs> but he's criticized for his play with his feet, for his distribution. Um, and, and his long balls were... They were ineffective at times, but um, his ability to spray it wide and deal with that Liverpool press. <laughs> what is it, Wonger? Long balls and spray it wide. <laughs> You're talking Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back to the brilliant analysis, Dubs. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I think he, he deserves some credit. And yeah, I does. also think that 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 back line for United deserves some credit because they're also a depleted side. You know, we've talked about injuries to Spurs. We talked about injuries to Newcastle and how they're having to, to deal with, you know, new players in a system and a philosophy and trying to still get points. But that's what United did coming off a really disappointing effort. Um, I think midweek. Um, so I think good grit by them, good cohesive team shape and um, good play by Shaw in particular. I thought, I thought Johnny Evans mm-hmm. was great. So it was Varane. Um, so yeah, credit credit to United, but I think a frustrated Liverpool side for sure. See, see, uh, no, Jose Mourinho. Okay, I was just thinking uh, Gakpo missed that header that was in the, and I was I was thinking about U Dubs and how difficult is it? This like he missed. It was a perfect header in a in a corner situation. Mm-hmm. Comes across and he, it's like four six feet above. He looked like he was on it. It was a great opportunity. Yeah. How difficult is it to get on goal at least? Is that like, should this in a regular practice, Craig and Amy, are you able to hit this in 
when you're just practicing or is it flying all over the place too? No, in, in general, I mean, the, with the quality of the service, um, is, especially for, I think it was Simicast who was serving it from one side and, and uh, Trent from the other. Um, if you are up and especially if you're, it, it's mm-hmm. uncontested, you should be able to get that on frame consistently. Um, like if I were to give you, hey, 10 of the exact same crosses, yeah. what are you putting at, on the net? This is my question because he, Gakpo, they were talking about his inconsistency, but it showed he was inconsistent in that match mm-hmm. and on the on the low side this week. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, headers, I mean, if it's somebody's bread and butter, um, you, you should be able to... I don't know, maybe if it's in practice, like at least 70% of those should be on frame. Are they necessarily where you want them to be? Like if I'm trying to head that ball, I'm trying to head it back from where like the, that ball came. I think that's a that more different, maybe Forrest, you can speak to this. That's a more difficult ball for the goalkeeper to get to. But that glancing header, I think you need a little bit more finesse. It's maybe a mm-hmm. harder one. But if that ball is struck well, your timing has to be right in terms of your of your takeoff but like i said if it's unchallenged which that one was i mean i I don't think he was unmarked but i don't think anybody was up with him that should be in the back of the net forrest did you want to comment on that for you as the the goalkeeper if that ball is being swung in from the left say it's an in-swinger coming in is it more difficult to you if i'm heading the ball to that left corner you're right or is it a more difficult one to save if it's a glancing header going to the far post? Yeah, it is. And, and you also expect, and sometimes when you're playing, I always said this, when you're playing at the, the top level, sometimes it's it's a little bit easier than playing at lower levels because the technique and the technical ability of these players are so good that when you, you when we're talking about balls going back across your body, like you're talking about dubs, that is pretty much what you want to do because if the keeper saves it he's also flopping it back and he or she's going to plop that back into play if you hit one near post it's probably going to be saved or you're going to miss the target um so that's what you want to do but it's interesting that on set pieces you look at the the really good headers on a diagonal ball uh in the past you look at a guy like john terry for instance who could you know pick you up several goals on set pieces a year very good attacking a diagonal ball then i play with a guy like rio ferdinand who on set pieces was not good at attacking diagonal balls, and he never scored nearly as many goals as he should have, but he just was not comfortable attacking in in, in those very congested areas on a diagonal ball in the attacking zone. Put him on the defensive side of things, absolutely no problem. But attacking it to score goals was a real problem for the, the likes of Rio Ferdinand, but some guys in the centre-back position are very, very good at it, um, and it shows. So there is that. It's interesting when you when you say that, Craig, how it's easier to play at that top level. If you're an elite player, obviously, you, you, you stick Wonger on myself or JC on that pitch, it's not quite the same. Uh, I'm, I'm watching the, the Wrexham season two right now. I'm not sure if you guys uh, are watching it. I've watched it. It's, it's really good, but it just it's glaring the difference, right, between that level and, and the Premier League. Just watching, just watching those highlights – but it more so dubs. Um, I'm not sure if you've watched the. They follow the women's team quite a bit mm. in in the, the season two, and just seeing the difference between that level, where where Wrexham up essentially it's non-league, it's a different system entirely compared to the WSL or NWSL. Right? It's mm-hmm. it's a massive difference. The golf there 
is far bigger, it seems, than in the men's game, even just from an athletic standpoint. Yeah, no, for for sure. And um, sometimes, though, when um, not that I don't want to speak to that, but when you what Force was saying about at a, at a higher level that it's easier because the quality of the services is, is is maybe better, the timing is better. It, there's just more refinement with with the finishing. Sometimes when you go down a level, and I'm not talking going and playing like garage leagues, but um, the movement and the subtleties of the game will be very, very different. And that can throw a player off. Um, so if you, yes, there's that golf in terms of the athleticism, the, the, the pace, all of the, the physicality, but also obviously in the, in the technique and then the execution. But then sometimes when it comes to set pieces and a defender doesn't react the way you expect them to, that can be off-putting for the for the player, the striker, or mm-hmm. the you know the person who's good at executing those set pieces. Yeah, and even when the likes of like say a mo, you know a, a striker is coming in on goal, what was Salah say? Let's give it an example, and he's going to try to strike that across your body <laughs> to the to the lower corner. Chances are his execution of that are going to be pretty good, but if you're up against a striker who's trying to hit the target and he doesn't even know where the fucking thing is going. How are you supposed to know where it's going? Yeah, that's yes. a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Unpredictability of a bad player. Yeah, which can sometimes work in their favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. See, we can play that level <laughs> yeah. for sure. There we go. <laughs> hey, hey, Craig, I want to ask you this actually. I was watching last night the Wrexham. I'm, I'm really into it right now. It's just fantastic. You know that. But I'm not sure if you've watched the second season, but they, they cover when Rob Green arrived and took the gloves from the incumbent number one and the incumbent number one had done nothing wrong there in first place. I think it was like 12 or 13 clean sheets on the season. Um, they're just bossing it with a record season. He did nothing wrong, but they thought they can get Rob Green who comes in straight away and takes the gloves from Howard who had actually replaced uh, Leighton who had been injured for most of the season. Um, but from a goalkeeper's perspective, Howard dealt with it really well. It seems what's good for the team. It's great. It's Rob Green. He's, he's a great player. I mean, how did you, how would you have taken that? Do you think you've you done nothing wrong? You're in first place. You're setting records, and they still, with the opportunity, bring in a better goalkeeper. Well, it, to be honest with you, it happens. It happens, and and it even happened to me a little bit. You know, depending on the situation. I remember when Shaka Hislop came in, they just spent, spent big money on Shaka. Came in on the uh, Bosman ruling. You knew that the ownership and the management wanted to get him in because if they didn't, why would they want to spend that money on him? Mm. They didn't, they didn't pay all that money for Shaka to go sit, come and sit on the bench. So Les Seeley was a goalkeeper coach. And he, he told me, he said, you know, an injury or, you know, you lose some form, they're going to put Shaka in as quickly as possible. So that's kind of the world you live in, but generally you always live in that world anyway. So you're not playing well one way or the other, you're probably going to get dropped. I mean, at that level, it's uh, it's ruthless and consistent consistency is really, really important. I will say though, the whole thing around Rob Green, who listen, he so Rob Green, I'm getting mixed up here. Not Ben Foster. Jesus Christ. It's Ben Foster, not Rob Green. I was getting them mixed up. Sorry, Ben Foster came in at Rex. I didn't. I, I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. You Come on, on you must be dying. But to. it was Ben Foster. You <laughs> yeah, were the talking thanks, and referring yeah. to the entire time. Ben Foster. <laughs> but I don't know if you, if, if, how much of it you guys have seen. But when they start talking about Ben Foster coming in, and they said basically it's like imagine signing Tom Brady. That's it. We just signed Tom Brady. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck off. 
It's <laughs> nothing like that. Which it's is a really great show, but that was way off base. He was a really good goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong. Premier League, England, Manchester United, but come on. He's not one of the all-time greats. Settle down. He's been retired for a year. I thought that was really uh, was a great documentary series. That was way off base. Sorry. I just didn't like that at all. That sour dude. You, did you keep watching? Well, I, I did, and I had to stop <laughs> kept stopping it and telling Tony. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So listen, by the way, that's really pissing me off. And she's like saying, she's like, saying, he's like Mike, just keep playing it. Just keep playing the show. But I was going to say about the Brady reference, it's funny because Rob McElhaney is a huge Eagles fan. Mm. So I think it's funny that he chose a, a, a Patriots guy. Well, who would be the equivalent in the Eagles? Randall Cunningham? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's a good reference. Ron Jaworski? Yep. They haven't had a great quarterback. I mean, their best quarterback is the one they have right now. I think he's one of the best. So. Oh, um, uh, Hurts. Yeah. Jalen yeah. Hurts. Yeah. Right. Anyways, right. I'm going to go back to uh, our, our mailbag. I'm going <coughs> to go arm sack. deep into it. Yeah. Your sack. Elbow deep. <laughs> Elbow deep. Our buddy, our buddy DDC. Uh, Mourinho today, which was yesterday, subbed out a player on 15 minutes after they came on at halftime and not due to injury. Not sure if it was poor play or that Bologna scored a second. Has that ever happened? Ooh, that would have been tough. Ever happened to any of Amy Walsh or Craig Forrest? Jimmy's not here, but Jimmy for And we know it happened to Sharms with his dad in rugby. But did that ever happen to anyone or anyone you've seen where they're come on at halftime, 15 minutes later, they're off because of usually poor play or anything like that? Because that would be a demotion in front of how many people? How many spectators? A humiliation. Holy jeez. That's not good. No, it's not. It, no. it never happened to anybody that I knew playing. That's an atypical. I would think, I would say you look across like the, the your major leagues, across international and national teams. That's probably happened very, very rarely. I mean, it's one thing to get pulled at half. Even back in the day, that was a pretty big indictment of your play. If you got substituted at half, usually the managers will give you 10 or 15 minutes on the other side of halftime to see mm. if you can turn the tide yourself uh, as an individual, or maybe you're the person who gets sacrificed because maybe just the, the team tactically that needs to be re you know, you have to rethink it a little bit and you have to adapt or, or change something. And then somebody has to come off, but um, yeah, that's not a, a nice hey. feeling. 
Amy, when you were subbed at half, what is the disposition of the coach? Is he snubbing you? Is it like he doesn't look your way? Or does he, you know, give me give me your best impression of getting subbed off at half? Yeah, you may as well not exist. Right. It, it happened to me and you, you got fucking ghosted. And then did you laser eye the coach? His back would have been burnt. Like AW side at <laughs> his back is going to fucking kill you. Like when he turns around, says, Amy, you're off. You're off. Uh, no, that wasn't that wasn't my first move. I think I was it was more shame and embarrassment. Oh, OK. It wasn't you, motherfucker. Like, how dare you? It was your like, fetal oh position in the corner for a while. Yeah. Or like eyes downcast for sure. Oh, OK. Yeah. Gregor, what was your response? Well, if you're a goalkeeper and you get pulled <laughs> off at any time in the game and you're not injured. Not great. <laughs> that is really humiliating. So, no, it never happened. It never happened. No, my me, nil, but, it's not going to happen, uh, is it? Thank goodness. Can you imagine being something? I wish it did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, Harry, it's, it's five. Actually, it was Ipswich, wasn't it? It wasn't, it wasn't seven. It was seven at uh, West Ham, sorry. Yeah, it was seven, George Burley. Seven, one. Yeah. I'm getting my seven ones and nine nils mixed up. <laughs> sorry, Craig. <laughs> What a prick. Um, um, I think, was it Mourinho had that great story about Mario Balotelli and he was going to bring him on at halftime, I think it was, for the second half. And he goes, listen, just you're in a yellow. Just one thing I ask, just one thing, please don't don't get a card. All I ask, I don't care what you do. You can be a pedestrian out there. Don't get a yellow card. He goes, three minutes in, he gets a fucking yellow card. <laughs> He tells I mean, it much better, by the Balotelli, way. Balotelli, though, right? Like, I know. I you know. can't be surprised. He Mourinho but, was on... Uh, sorry, go ahead, Dubs. No, I was just going to say, and I don't want to steer this away from where you were going, but we had talked about, you know, sort of a, a cheap second yellow or a harsh second yellow for a player to get sent off. And you yeah. saw it at the end of that United-Liverpool contest with Dallow for dissent, right? And talking Twice, about right? wanting to spend Christmas time with your family. That's what Christmas he had in mind. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus yes. Christ. What an idiot. Yes. After a really strong performance. Although I watched it back. I don't know what he said, but I've seen players go off at referees worse than that before. Maybe mm. it was a, it'd been building up throughout the game and the ref had just had enough of him. I think so. But it didn't look too bad, did it? To get sent off for that? No, it was, you know, it was, he was quite animated in his displeasure at, at that call. And he was right. You know, it was it was their ball. It was United's ball. And then Salah just, you know, I mean, everybody does it. You know, there's a 50-50. You run to the ball. You're trying to influence the, offici- the officials, right? And he was absolutely right. So, Do you ever feel bad that? a little bit for cheating, Dubs? Fuck no. You, that you're a Not cheater. Not on those. <laughs> no. That's where you have to be cynical. <laughs> okay. Fair you know, that's the word. Yeah, it's not cheating. It's cynical, thing. right? Yeah. Uh, but we're just like two times descent. So do it for a throw-in, oh, though. Yeah. I can see you doing it for a, a bad call in the box, mm. but for a throw-in and you get sent off for two yellows, you can show yourself. Yes, no, I agree. But do do you think like the larger discussion there is like we were talking about these second yellows? I am all for curtailing and stopping referees getting admonished and and you know um the abuse of officials and and the way that it seems to be done really in a, in a cavalier sense get that out of the game but i mean that to me i don't know what's said that's stupid on his part do the first one get your yellow and then shut the fuck up right yeah 
But I think in general now, if, if the official is giving um, two yellows for, for dissent or like a second yellow for a questionable, uh, you know, tackle or one that's sort of just on the edge, I think they should be keeping their card in their pocket. It, could, it would also be a, difficult. Sorry, it would also be difficult when these referees are becoming international because they're all multilingual. So the old school <laughs> swear in your own language if you're from somewhere else, it doesn't hold water anymore. These guys know when you call them a motherfucker. They know when you say I, you you are a horrible father and you should your children should be taken away from you. Oh like my are, god! Do you think people are saying that? Oh yeah, <laughs> and that you, your internet porn uh, addiction is really is you know rife with uh, issues. You could go through a lot of these things. It's highly specific. <laughs> exactly. Well, we know why our computer at our friend's Greg Forrest's uh, <laughs> computer is <laughs> the cookies are just filling up, <laughs> so to speak. Gross. <laughs> it is gross. <laughs> the cookie um, jar specifically. Craig, what is uh did you ever get a descent? <laughs> you... Double stuff Oreo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Craig, yeah, ever get a yellow for descent? <laughs> hey Craig, do you ever get a yellow for descent? For descent. Uh yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I did. Well, actually I got I was already sent off, so it was an addition. Ooh. It was a it, it was actually at the Gold Cup at Los Angeles Coliseum. And I was sent off and I wasn't happy about it. And I threw my shirt at the referee. I got, I think I got an extra couple of games for that. And that was, <laughs> fell well under the descent level. So um, it didn't look good. It wasn't a good look. Did you hear anything about his parenting skills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your parenting skills are well below average. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bang average dad. What did, what was the, what was the call? What led to that? And what year was this? Cause you, you were the MVP in 2000. Where where was this match? I know it was at LA Coliseum, but when was it? Oh, this goes. Yeah, it goes way back. I think it was the, the first Gold Cup. Ninety-two, I want to say. Yeah, oh wow, ninety-two. We've got to find. And they just changed the rule where the player goes. If somebody went around you, I always I would always pull the player down in the box and try to save the penalty. They just changed the rule, but nobody really knew about it. We certainly weren't told about the the rule change or anything like that and so i was shocked by the fact that i was sent off for hauling the honduran player down in the box and uh yeah i wasn't happy about it i thought the referee screwed it up completely but he didn't but uh we were unaware of the rule change that had happened about a week before and that was changed again because it's that that triple whammy right you get a a penalty conceded you get sent off and a suspension it was the, the triple whammy right remember they changed that rule again because it was unfair to concede a penalty, get red carded, and get a suspension as well. And that was changed in recent years. Harsh one, that triple. Well, the other thing is kits were expensive back then, so the referee took Craig Forrest's kit, his goalie kit, right in in his face, his jersey, and just walked off with it. And and so he made a good buck off that. Yeah, (laughs) on eBay like a week later. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's there's probably a video of that somewhere, Craig Forrest, you know, who Mr. Calm and Collected and Nice Guy, as we discussed earlier in this show, Throwing his shirt at a referee—that's amazing. <laughs> that's so that's up there with that's up there with flipping off the fans as you're walking off the pitch as well. That's, that's oh no, the wanker sign. Sorry, the wanker, the wanker sign. sign yeah. to, uh, to yo the home team fans. I think it was. <laughs> oh, but Craig's so nice, you know. Um, all right, I had my moment. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so City tied Palace two two. Drop points there. Uh, Elise with the injury time penalty. City have now dropped five of six points. 
they've conceded nine points after 80 minutes of matches that they're dozing out there. Now, they're off to Saudi Arabia today, or yesterday. Actually, well, I guess it'd be yesterday because they're playing, I think, tomorrow yep. against the uh, Urua Reds in the FIFA Club World Cup, the last of its kind, I believe. Uh, Fluminense are taking, are taking on Al Ali in the other semifinal because in 2025, it gets expanded to a 32-team tournament World Cup format in the USA. It's just been announced this weekend, the Club World Cup. And Dubs, listen, uh, the concept sounds amazing, right? Obviously, best clubs from around the world. But I'm just thinking, next year, well, this year, coming up, 2024, you got Copa America, you got Euro. Then you got 2025, you got Gold Cup. And you got this FIFA Club World Cup. You got the World Cup in 2026. I mean, it's too much. I don't know how these guys are going to ha- have long, drawn-out careers at this point. I know it's an old, tired argument, but it's, it is too much football, isn't it? It is. You you have to think about player welfare, I think, but it's it's everybody's beholden to the almighty dollar, right? So more fixtures, more tournaments. I think, you know, City, again, after winning the treble, if if they win this, they'll, they'll set some sort of record. But um, I don't know. I mean, do, does anybody really give a shit? I think you, you, give, a, you give a shit about silverware. You want to win. Um, obviously, Champions League is huge, these other cups, but I mean... I don't know the club world cup. I just, just seems more reason or, or more excuses um, to, to make a buck. And um, eventually um, I think you're, it's, it's going to break or players are are going to break down and somebody's going to have to take a stand. I'm not sure who it's going to be because I think it, it works um, in, in favor of clubs. It works in, in, in the favor of, of these organizations. Um, But you have to think about the players. (laughs) And right now I don't think anybody really is thinking about player welfare. Craig, your thoughts on this? Uh, back in your day, the concept of playing in a, a real proper FIFA Club World Cup with 32 teams, would it have been something that was alluring to you or you dismissed it? No, I think it would. Yeah. I mean, I do, I really do like it. The only trouble is, I mean, how is that? I don't know exactly how the format is going to work and the amount of teams. But if you're, if you're going to take the best 32 teams, club teams in the world, Columbus crew are in there in front of Arsenal. Um, not sure that that's a, that's a true Club World Cup for me, but... Uh, MS Cup champions, Greg. Yeah, potential Premier League champions be interesting, wouldn't it? Probably more yeah, so I than think... seeing um, Al Ali being in there or or Al Nasser, right? Yeah, Al Hilal. I would give MLS more credit than the Saudi teams right now, but there's no way those Saudi teams yeah. don't qualify. Wonga. Well, I was just thinking contractually. Uh, if you're an agent of one of these players, seeing because hmm. these things seem to crop up, the new tournaments all across the board. Hmm. You actually don't know how many, if you're representing your client, you don't know how many matches, especially when they're winning, like you said, Amy, like City, you don't know how much Erling Holland is going to be playing, right? So wouldn't you cap his performances and his play based on what you already know and saying, hey, anything after this, it's uh, 7 million pounds per game. It is, you know, something to the point of, I don't want my player. This is now moving into player um, kind of game expectancy. How long you're going to play for your your career? You you could blow these guys up in three years. Like a, and I'll give you an example. The average running back in the NFL. Everyone, oh look how great these guys. These guys at above average plays five years. The average for a NFL running back is like two and a half seasons. 
because they play more games. They're they're basically replaceable. And I don't know if you want to head down this place where these players become replaceable because it doesn't help your league. Well, shifting the discussion a a little bit back to the Prem, I think, say, to look back at that Liverpool uh, side, McAllister's injured. You have a guy like Sobos Lies doing who's done so well, I think, um, sort of marshalling that midfield. Clearly, he's a guy who's fatigued. Um, and I think you're you're seeing that in a lot of sides. And then back to Pep and to City, he's one of the managers in the Prem who uses his bench the least. And I mean, not to say I was reading an article th- this morning in, in The Athletic comparing the amount of substitutions and how inclined managers are to make subs. Um, he's he's a guy who's, who advocates for five substitutions and, and very seldom uses it. And not to say that, you know, they would have gotten three points had he made changes. But I think it just goes back to this this larger discussion about how many miles, how many kilometers these players are logging, how many games fixtures are under their belts and and how realistic I think it is to maintain it, not over the course of a calendar year and dealing with all these different competitions, but in terms of your career Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, your your longevity as a player. And sure, it's a short window. But I mean, I, I think if you're you're a player who sits on 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 the FIFA Pro board, like I mean, this is something that I think is 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 ringing the alarm bell. Yeah, we, I mean, I talked to Alex McKechnie at the Toronto Raptors quite a bit about accumulative minutes, and in the NBA, for instance, they're playing every other night, um, and training is basically nil and void. They do very little or no training whatsoever because they're either traveling or playing games. What we're doing, and we're playing. In football, you're playing, say, two times a week. Those accumulative minutes will add up, and it does add up. And that's why they, at this level, they're watching it all the time. And then throw in the stress levels of what Man City did last year and what they're trying to do this year and having the pressures of playing on the weekend and now having to travel over to Saudi Arabia. Uh, it just it's, it becomes relentless, and I think it plays on not only physically, but mentally, and where are those players at this particular moment when those stresses are coming so fast and thick. We saw it with Brighton as well, I thought, on the weekend. They're having a hard time dealing with their European competitions on Thursdays, and then going and playing games on Sundays, and that was the first game, I think, in 33 games. They hadn't scored a goal, and they look fatigued. They really did, and I don't think they have a squad big enough to be able to deal with those two to be successful at both and I think they're kind of finding a difficult balance in those competitions and then you look at Man City those guys are going to if everybody was playing they're going to be playing 70 80 games yeah. a season that's, that's way too much. much exactly what it is right over 70 games you'll be seeing players playing and not just for one season too like for repetitive it sounds season. like a fucking baseball season doesn't it yeah, yeah exactly way too many games it's just it's madness I understand this is a business and you've got to make money but they're making money they are making money it's incredible mm. the greed of some of these people involved, that they think this is actually good. I mean, imagine those FIFA meetings deciding, yeah, we need a Club World Cup because, you know what, the Champions League gets too much love and we didn't get any of that. So UEFA, we've got our own tournament here. And they actually think it makes sense. They've actually had studies done. I'm sure they'll, they'll back it up with studies. Saying, oh, no, our players can keep playing. It's fine. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. That is a ridiculous amount of football. City right now are, are slumping a little bit. How much of that is fatigue because they played in all fronts last year? And played so much football, plus a World Cup in mid-season. You want to, it has to be part of it, right? Why they've they've dropping these points right now? 
it, it's crazy. Um, elsewhere, um, Newcastle beat Fulham. Speaking of teams that don't make subs, I think Eddie Howe at one point had done five straight games with the same 11, with the exception of, of Nick Pope, who's undergone shoulder surgery. Lewis Miley, though, 17 years of age. He scored his first goal, which is quite amazing. Uh, Luton Bournemouth was uh, one of those Ooh. awful, horrendous matches. Um, Captain Tom Lockyer collapses with a cardiac arrest. Now, it turns out he, he's in hospital. He's alert. That's the last week we heard. He, he's, he's, he's conscious, which is what we can ask for as far as what his future looks like. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Dubs, um, I wasn't watching that match, thankfully. But just uh, well, what can you say about it, right? You, you don't want to see it, but it seems we're seeing more and more of it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there was there was that um, fellow who who died who went against uh, the recommendations of the of the doctors and the medical staff who who you know um, wanted to still play and and died. I think it gives you perspective on everything that we're talking about. That yes, it's livelihoods and there's so much money to be made, um, but. <laughs> I hate to say at the end of the day, but honestly, like it, it gives you some much needed perspective that this is a guy's life, you know, and, and for a guy like Rob Edwards to see his captain, I think over in the last seven months, that's the second time you've seen him. He's seen him go down on the pitch, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was, I, I didn't, I wasn't watching it either. I, I saw the, uh, some, some replays after the highlights and, Mm. Um, you, I think you could, you could see like, you know, the, the, the urgency and the emotion on, on his, on his face. And I think it was dealt with very, very well. Um, but obviously so much, so much concern, um, for him. And then obviously now his, his future as a footballer kind of hangs in the balance because he had, he underwent, uh, underwent surgery to fix that, um, kind of, it was like a, uh, an atrial arrhythmia, I believe, um, but you know, some sort of heart condition, um, that was supposedly fixed, but now it, it calls that, I mean, his, his future as a footballer, as I said, into, into doubt, but you, cause you want him to, to live, to live a long life and to be around his loved ones for, for a really long time, you know? So hopefully he can come to a decision that makes sense for himself, but also, also the club and, and for his family. Sort of brings up memories of Mark Vivian Foe. A teammate at West Ham who unfortunately did the same thing happen. He was on international duty with Cameroon and collapsed on the field and never made it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, thankfully it's rare, but, uh, yeah, have experienced it before. It's not, not a good thing. Uh, Rob Edwards, though, did you see him? He was actually walking around the pitch, applauding all the fans. Mm-hmm. His captain has been, I mean, it's incredible. I thought that was, uh, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Both the Bournemouth fans doing themselves proud as well. Um, Amy's, crush, Amy's crush just got larger on Robin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's yeah. like, oh, look, he's no. sensitive too. I know. Hey, I, I feel... So in touch with his emotions. <laughs> my, crush on, uh, my crush on Sean Dyche is getting bigger and bigger though. Oh, the curry. Everton, Everton beat Burnley 2-0. <laughs> Four straight wins. But uh, there's a there's a video making the rounds um, from a podcast, BBC podcast he, he was on. And the presenter was giving him all these homemade curries. You've got to see it. We'll retweet it. Uh, it's really great. Just shows Sean Dyke. He's one of us. He's one. He's just a, a dude, isn't he? Who happens to be a really, really, really good football manager as well. I like that's one guy. Him and Ange. I would like to have a beer with. Mm-hmm. I, I really would. They're the two. Ange, who was in the stands for Tottenham's victory over Arsenal in a WSL on the weekend as well. Was he okay? Another reason to love Big Ange. Yep, supporting that yep. Arsenal mm-hmm. with a big win. Was that? Arsenal, no, sorry, Tottenham. Tottenham won. Sorry, Spurs Tottenham won that game. Arsenal. It was a surprise, yeah. yeah. Big Spurs. 
Ben yeah. Foster. <laughs> no, but but Sean seeing um Sean Deitch talk about curries, you know, like a really sort of mundane everyday thing, it it allows you to connect with these people in in a different way, you know, with the mm-hmm. with these figures who sometimes can seem so far away from sort of that everyman. And then I mean, obviously depending on the type of personality you have with your manager, I think it gives it's more reason to to put those sorts of things out there because I think it it does win over some fans who maybe otherwise would be like, oh, I didn't I didn't know he was like that. He is just like us. Exactly. Well, I think it's easy to discuss who you'd like to have a beer with, but maybe we should discuss at some point, not not now, who we'd least like to have a beer with. Who's mm. the least the least drink worthy in the Premier League of all the managers? No one stands out as being a dickhead actually at this point, really, do they? Arteta perhaps, but I'm not sure. It's about who it's also about who would have fun. So you have to rate yeah. them not just on asshole ability. It's more f- like are they are they incapable of breaking free of their yeah. nine to five, which is all you want to do is talk soccer. I yeah. want to talk about looky likeys and curries. I'm yeah. a Sean. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to rank that. And Good go, point. Who's the most boring guy? Yeah, because Hep, Hep wouldn't stay long, would he? He'd, he'd be there. He'd show up and he'd pay yeah, the what's bill. What's the point? But then what's he'd, the he'd leave like really Hep? early. Yeah. A ribbed turtleneck as well. I don't know. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he's definitely wearing that. <laughs> yeah, and then he's saying, got to watch the more game tape, you know, or something. Right. He'd definitely Some leave stupid early. excuse. He'd be like, okay, yeah. all right. But I think work, I think sure. Arteta would be too tightly wound. I don't think he'd be a good person to have a, a beer Shifty with. Eyes. But it might be like <laughs> shifty eyes. I think mm. it might be like the Jekyll and Hyde we were talking about. Before, like I was very much like that as as a player, very different off the pitch as I was on the pitch. Maybe these managers also have a little bit. I think with with Ange and Sean Dyche, you're very much what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. I think because maybe they're viewed in a more mm-hmm. positive light. Maybe you think that too, but um, I think that probably there are a lot of people who maybe aren't as comfortable, um, not as forthright in in showing every facet of the personalities that maybe are different behind mm-hmm. behind closed mm-hmm. doors. But so what you're saying is Arteta would be loads of fun and then invite you back to his basement and you have a disco party and then um, a ball gag comes out and you all hang out, try on new ball gags. Limbo dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that's where you were headed. I think the limbo dancing is far more innocent than the ball gag line, which which Wonga threw in there. Well, I have to say. Maybe a limbo dancing with a ball gag. His beady eyes, as you said. Mm -hmm. Shifty. (laughs) Shifty. Shifty. <laughs> All right, uh, we're out of time almost, but this Champions League draw was made. Uh, Porto, Arsenal, Napoli, Barcelona, PSG, Sociedad. That's really interesting. Come on, Xabi Alonso. Uh, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid, PSV, Borussia Dortmund, Lazio, Bayern Munich, Copenhagen, Man City. It's interesting. Uh, of course, with the Danish connection there, right? Right? And uh, Leipzig against Real Madrid. Um, by the way, Alaba. David Labba has just done his ACL, third ACL injury for Real Madrid this season. Why don't they study men's knee injuries, Dubs? It's just not good enough. There's not enough money in the game. It's just it's an epidemic right now. Yeah, it's it's really terrible that the men's game doesn't have all the resources it needs. <laughs> what a dick! I do want to I do want to get to uh, MLS uh, had the announcement of some changes coming up, Craig. Um, for example, the injured players, if they're treated, they must then go off the pitch for two minutes. Um, subs have 10 seconds to get off the pitch. Just add that in there. 
Uh, refs will explain VAR. And the big one causing all the hoopla right now is that the US Open Cup is being pissed all over with um, only development squads being allowed to enter. Basically, Craig, it seems to me this is just to pump the tires of the League's Cup midseason nonsense. Seems to me. And to hell with what has a little bit of history and it's kind of slowly growing and becoming something, the US Open Cup. Uh, y- your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of what I heard and, and using development squads, but I do understand that they do have a problem in North America, really, about playing best v best. And with the distances in between, how do you find competition to develop players? And they think this is going to help give some important minutes to players that are developing. So I, I get that side of things, but you're really turning the competition into something that nobody's going to be all that interested in. And you're taking away a little bit of the theater and the of that. Like we saw what Danny Dicchio's team, Sacramento, last season, who beat LA Galaxy, Kansas City, San Jose, and then lost in the final to Orlando. Well, hey, if the MLS teams don't take it seriously and the other teams in lower divisions do, well, then that's that's up. That should be up to them, I think, how seriously they want to take the competition. But I like the U.S. Open Cup as a secondary competition in the, in the, in the United States. And they sort of taken that away. So there is some fight back against that. And, uh, and I can see why. And also that guardian article that I, that I sent you guys talking about it. Um, the comparison was, um, teams in La Liga refusing to compete in the Copa del Rey or premier league teams deserting the FA cup. Like, I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but I think as at North American soccer, is 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 clinging to you know sometimes do they do they want to adhere to the north american sports model do they want to be more european it always seems like they don't really know what to do but here's a chance to really invest and and to be on the right side of history in a competition that that dates back over a hundred years and then you're just abandoning it and and that to me seems ill thought out 2000 uh fa cup remember that craig Manchester United, who ironically qualified for the Club yeah. World Cup, they pulled out of the FA Cup um, because they said it's too much football. Can't do it all. We've got to focus on this Club mm-hmm. World Cup. We won the Champions League last year. And my God, you were over there at the time, right? It was huge news. And they were absolutely hammered for it. Yeah. And, you know, I got to think that I believe that Alex Ferguson regrets that as one of the moves that he made at that time. Um they got back into it again. And obviously we know that when you're looking at prioritizing things during the season, that the FA Cup, the League Cup are going to be down on your priority list if you're in the Champions League or if you're in Europa League. It's just the way it is. But again, it's up to the clubs how seriously you want to take it. Well, you know what? The FIFA Club World Cup, you do wonder that the result will be the teams in that We'll, we'll just dismiss the FA Cup and the League Cup and just play more and more kids in, in those tournaments, right? At the expense saying, listen, we've got to play a fucking tournament in June and July for a month. We have to manage these players' minutes as we've talked about, right? So anyway, it's 2025. We'll, we'll see what happens between now. There may be bigger squads. There's enough money in the goddamn game, isn't there? Um, okay. Uh, Ishmael Kone scored for Watford. Second game in a row. John David scored. He's playing better now. Beat a time PSG at the mm-hmm. death. There as well. Adri- mm-hmm. Adriana Leon scored last night too. Did she? Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Beat a player right along the byline. Looked yeah. like she was going to cut it back and finish it herself. Beautiful goal. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And also, we right. should mention Rhonda Brownlee um, uh, had a clip or, or not even a gif of it, but like just a highlight of Chloe Lacash. She was a late sub in that loss to Tottenham. Oh. She had a tremendous tackle Fucking in the box. It. 
Yeah. Very Canadian. Oh, very Loved Canadian. It. Very close. I didn't actually. realize, Dubs. Dubs, I didn't realize that the, the, the goalkeeper had actually come up for a set piece prior to that. So when she made that last ditch effort to, on the tackle, which was textbook, the net was empty. I didn't realize There's that no goalkeeper I net. didn't get a chance to watch the game. That's unbelievable. Makes it even wow. more important. Yeah, the goalkeeper was like 30 yards out. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, Dubs, um, you know, get a chance, okay, in the future. You make sure you get a chance to watch those games, okay? Yeah. It's not good enough. Let, let my side down. Sorry, Charm. I just, I just want. I'm not fact checking myself, but just to add some more context to that discussion over on Lockyer for a collapsing, um, for for Luton Town. He has atrial fibrillation, so it's a type of heart arrhythmia, and it's not uncommon in sports. So, in research published by the British Journal of Sports Medicine, it suggests that athletes might be more than twice as likely than non-athletes to experience irregular heart rhythms. Which is interesting, I thought. Is that what Bronny had, LeBron's son? Uh, I don't know. It's something similar, I think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, listen, um, we're already out of time. It's approaching Christmas. What are we doing for Christmas, Wonga? We've got a Christmas schedule we keep talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I, I have to uh, send over the, I don't know what we've decided yet. So why don't you put me on the spot? It's, it's Let's more figure about, it out. What, Let's all figure it out managed, together, Footy Prime supporters. Okay. Has well, JC managed to do anything with that podcast? Is we have to have a pint and we have to sing the 12 days of Footy Prime Christmas. Yes. We have mm. to. We must because the yes. supporters club did such an outstanding job putting that together. And before we jump to, how did we do on footy picks? How did our footy um, prime supporters yeah. do? Uh, we both lost. Wow. Oh, God. It might surprise you to know we both lost. If you bear with me, I can go over it very quickly. Well, well my, was... my bet um, was that game was born with Luton, which was suspended yeah, like, in like so, the 70th minute. So does the so bet that, get taken away? Uh, no, they're going to replay the game. It's in yellow. Which means I mm. think they'll wait until it's replayed or whatever they end but, up doing. But we already lost because of Craig's Ipswich Norwich. Yes, we did. Match. Um, Those and, damn canaries. But look at I the Tottenham played very well on Friday. That was a great match against Forest. Yes, it, it certainly was. Two nil, right? Yeah, and and JC came through with that pick. Here it is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the one we lost was Ipswich. That's the only one we lost. We got them all right, including John Higgins winning on Friday. But he lost in the semi-finals, as you all know. What are they? What's your um, nickname for Ipswich? Very closely. What's your What's your Ipswich nickname, Craig? What are they called? The Blues. Oh, okay. There you go. Blues. Ooh. It's pretty boring. Amazingly, the Supporters Club. Also, the Tractor Boys, right, Craig? And the Tractor Boys. Yeah, we were. Yeah. That's way more fun than the Blues. I know. I was going to say, it's much better. (laughs) Um, Supporters Club, they lost two, right? Now, they got beer shot. They they beat Royal Franks Boran. Um, He doesn't want to bet on beer shot. Exactly, right? And Spurs beat Forest, but they lost Celtic, losing to Hearts, which is, who would have guessed, right? That's the one you thought would have been money in the bank. So that's where they lost. Hmm. So... We all lost Celtic again. We're slipping down to fifteen dollars towards Craig's computer fund. Fifteen dollars. We're sprinkling. We're sprinkling on Tony Bet, just for just for dubs. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> Your favorite term. Okay, so we're back on. Uh, we'll do a show on Wednesday, and then we'll probably yeah. do uh, like I said a finale on Friday, and then next week will be the the interesting one. Obviously, Christmas. We'll have our, our best of Christmas. All three minutes of it some point <laughs> set I'm to go so looking forward to that uh, but it's gonna be exciting 2024 for us um we got the we keep talking about this this new website which will provide a, a nice home base for more and more content and uh yeah 
that's coming very soon. We're playing around with fonts and color schemes right now. And it's dubs. Oh, Facetiously mentioned. Oh, let me guess. Is it green and black? Yes, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and partner content. If anybody wants to reach out for partner content. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll That's get, why we'll Craig's get... internet's slow. Yes. <laughs> Pornhub would be a great sponsor, actually. They would. They, no, get, more, they get more mentions it. than they get more mentions than uh, Birmingham City on this podcast. So. <laughs> All right, until next time. (laughs) Thank you, TonyBet.ca. Thank you, FuboTV.com. Thank you, our wonderful listeners and viewers. And thank you, Craig Forrest, Chris Kringle, JC Wood, Spicy Habanero. Jimmy, (laughs) wherever you are in this world, we love you. Bye-bye. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by FuboTV and by Tony Bet. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Cheers. 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 Done. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.